Section 8 of Mary Schweidler, The Amber Witch. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Narrated for you by Christopher Walters. Mary Schweidler, The Amber Witch, by Wilhelm Meinhold. Translated by Lucy Doof Gordon. The Thirteenth Chapter. What more happened during the winter? Item, how in the spring witchcraft began in the village. Nothing else of note happened during the winter, save that the merciful God bestowed a great plenty of fish, both from the Octavator and the sea, and the parish again had good food, so that it might be said for us, as it is written, For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. Wherefore we were not weary of praising the Lord, and the whole congregation did much for the church, buying new pulpit and altar clothes, seeing that the enemy had stolen the old ones. Item, they desired to make good to me the money I had paid for the new cups, which, however, I would not take. There were, however, about ten peasants in the parish who had not been able to buy their seed corn for the spring, inasmuch as they had spent all their earnings on cattle and corn for bread. I therefore made an agreement with them, that I would lend them the money for it, and that if they could not repay me this year they might the next, which offer they thankfully took, and we sent seven wagons to Friedland, in Mecklenburg, to fetch seed-corn for us all. For my beloved brother-in-law, Martin Behring, in Hamburg, had already sent me by the shipper Wolf, who had sailed home by Christmas seven hundred florins for the amber. May the Lord prosper it with him. Old Timke died this winter in Loden, who used to be the midwife in the parish and had also brought my child into the world. Of late, however, she had but little to do, seeing that in this year I only baptized two children, namely Jung, his son, Ukaritze, and Lynn Habers, her little daughter, the same whom the imperialists afterwards speared. Item. It was now full five years since I had married the last couple. Hence anyone may guess that I might have starved to death had not the righteous God so mercifully considered and blessed me in other ways. Wherefore to him alone be all honor and glory. Amen. Meanwhile, however, it so happened that, not long after the sheriff had last been here, witchcraft began in the village. I sat reading with my child the second book of Virgilos, of the fearful destruction of the city of Troy, which was more terrible even than that of our own village, when a cry arose that our old neighbor Zabel, his red cow, which he had bought only a few days before, had stretched out all fours and seemed about to die. And this was the more strange, as she had fed heartily but half an hour before. My child was therefore begged to go and pluck three hairs from its tail and bury them under the threshold of the stall, for it was well known that if this was done by a pure maid the cow would get better. My child then did as they would have her, seeing that she is the only maid in the whole village, for the others are still children, and the cow got better from that very hour, whereat all the folks were amazed. But it was not long before the same thing befell Vitan, her pig, whilst it was feeding heartily. She too came running to beg my child for God's sake to take compassion on her, and to do something for her pig, as ill men had bewitched it. Hereupon she had pity on her also, and it did as much good as it had done before. But the woman, who was Gravida, was straightway taken in labor from the fright, 
and my child was scarce out of the pigsty when the woman went into her cottage, wailing and holding by the wall, and called together all the women of the neighborhood, seeing that the proper midwife was dead, as mentioned above. And before long something shot to the ground from under her, and when the woman stooped to pick it up, the devil's imp, which had wings like a bat, flew up off the ground, whizzed and buzzed about the room, and then shot out of the window with a great noise, so that the glass clattered down into the street. When they looked after it, nothing was to be found. Anyone may judge for himself what a great noise this made in all the neighborhood. And the whole village believed that it was no one but old Satan, his squint-eyed wife that had brought forth such a devil's brat. But the people soon knew not what to believe. For that woman her cow got the same thing as all the other cows. Wherefore she too came lamenting, and begged my daughter to take pity on her, as on the rest, and to cure her poor cow for the love of God that if she had taken it ill of her that she had said anything about going into service with the sheriff, she could only say she had done it for the best, etc., Summa. She talked over my unhappy child to go and cure her cow. Meanwhile, I was on my knees every Sunday before the Lord with the whole congregation, praying that he would not allow the evil one to take from us that which his mercy had once more bestowed upon us after such extreme want. Item that he would bring to light the octor of such devilish works, so that he might receive the punishment he deserved. But all was of no avail. For a very few days it passed when the mischief befell Stoffer Zuter, his spotted cow, and he too, like all the rest, came running to fetch my daughter. She accordingly went with him, but could do no good, and the beast died under her hands. Item. Katie Barrow had bought a little pig with the money my daughter had paid her in the winter for spinning, and the poor woman kept it like a child and let it run about her room. This little pig got the mischief, like all the rest, in the twinkling of an eye, and when my daughter was called it grew no better, but also died under her hands. Whereupon the poor woman made a great outcry and tore her hair for grief, so that my child was moved to pity her, and promised her another pig next time my sow should litter. Meantime, another week passed over, during which I went on, together with the whole congregation, to call upon the Lord for his merciful help, but all in vain, when the same thing happened to old wife Sadin, her little pig, whereupon she again came running for my daughter with loud outcries, and although my child told her that she must have seen herself that nothing she could do for the cattle cured them any longer, she ceased not to beg and pray her, and to lament till she went forth to do what she could for her with the help of God but it was all to no purpose, inasmuch as the little pig died before she left the sty. What think you this the devil's whore then did? After she had run screaming through the village, she said that any one might see that my daughter was no longer a maid, else why could she now do no good to the cattle, whereas she had formerly cured them? She supposed my child had lost her maiden honor on the Streckelberg, whither she went so often this spring, and that God only knew who had taken it. But she said no more then, and we did not hear the whole until afterwards. And it is indeed true that my child had often walked on the Strakelberg this spring, both with me and also alone, in order to seek for flowers, and to look upon the blessed sea, while she recited aloud as she was wont such verses out of Virgilos, as pleased her best, for whatever she read a few times she remembered. Neither did I forbid her to take these walks, for there were no wolves now left on the Strakelberg, and even if there had been, they always fly before a human creature in the summer season. Howbeit, I forbade her to dig for amber, 
For as it now lay deep, and we knew not what to do with the earth we threw up, I resolved to tempt the Lord no further, but to wait till my store of money grew very scant before we would dig any more. But my child did not do as I had bidden her, although she had promised she would, and of this her disobedience came all our misery. Oh, blessed Lord, how grave a matter is thy holy fourth commandment! For as his reverence Johannes Lampios of Kramen, who visited me this spring, had told me that the cantor of Volgust wanted to sell the op St. Augustini, and I had said before her that I desired above all things to buy that book, but had not money enough left, she got up in the night without my knowledge to dig for amber, meaning to sell it as best she might at Volgast, in secretly to present me with the op St. Augustini on my birthday which falls on the twenty-eighth mensis augusti. She had always covered over the earth she cast up with twigs of fir, whereof there were plenty in the forest, so that no one should perceive anything of it. Meanwhile, however, it befell that the young noblest Rudiger of Nienkirken came riding one day to gather news of the terrible witchcraft that went on in the village. When I had told him all about it, he shook his head doubtingly, and said he believed that all witchcraft was nothing but lies and deceit, whereat I was struck with great horror, inasmuch as I had hitherto held the young lord to be a wiser man, and now could not but see that he was an atheist. He guessed what my thoughts were, and with a smile he answered me by asking whether I had ever read Johannes Virus, who would hear nothing of witchcraft, and who argued that all witches were melancholy persons who only imagined to themselves that they had a pactum with the devil, and that to him they seem more worthy of pity than of punishment. Hereupon I answered that I had not indeed read any such book. For say, who can read all that fools write? But that the appearances here and in all other places proved that it was a monstrous error to deny the reality of witchcraft, inasmuch as people might then likewise deny that there were such things as murder, adultery, and theft. But he called my argumentum a dilemma, and after he had discoursed a great deal of the devil, all of which I have forgotten, seeing it savoured strangely of heresy, he said he would relate to me a piece of witchcraft which he himself had seen at Wittenberg. It seems that one morning, as an imperial captain mounted his good charger at the Elstergate in order to review his company, the horse presently began to rage furiously, reared, tossed its head, snorted, kicked, and roared, not as horses used to neigh, but with a sound as though the voice came from a human throat, so that all the folks were amazed and thought the horse bewitched. It presently threw the captain and crushed his head with its hoof, so that he lay writhing on the ground and straightway set off at full speed. Hereupon a trooper fired his carabine at the bewitched horse, which fell in the midst of the road and presently died. That he, Rudiger, had then drawn near, together with many others, seeing that the colonel had forthwith given orders to the surgeon of the regiment to cut open the horse, and see in what state it was inwardly. However, that everything was quite right, and both the surgeon and army physician testified that the horse was thoroughly sound, whereupon all the people cried out more than ever about witchcraft. Meanwhile, he himself, I mean the young noblesse, saw a thin smoke coming out from the horse's nostrils, and on stooping down to look what it might be, he drew out a match as long as my finger, which still smoldered and which some wicked fellow had privately thrust into its nose with a pin. Hereupon all thoughts of witchcraft were at an end, and search was made for the culprit, who was presently found to be no other than the captain's own groom. For one day that his master had dusted his jacket for him, he swore an oath that he would have his revenge, which indeed the provost-marshal himself had heard as he chanced to be standing in the stable. Item. 
Another soldier bore witness that he had seen the fellow cut a piece off the fuse not long before he led out his master's horse. And thus thought the young lord would it be with all witchcraft if it were sifted to the bottom. Like as I myself had seen at Gutzko, where the devil's apparition turned out to be a cordviner, and that one day I should own that it was the same sort of thing here in our village. By reason of this speech I liked not the young nobleman from that hour forward, believing him to be an atheist. Though indeed, afterwards, I have had cause to see that he was in the right. More's the pity, for had it not been for him, what would have become of my daughter? I will say nothing beforehand. Suma, I walked about the room in great displeasure at his words, while the young lord began to argue with my daughter upon witchcraft, now in Latin, and now in the vulgar tongue as the words came into his mouth, and wanted to hear her mind about it. But she answered that she was a foolish thing, and could have no opinion on the matter, but that, nevertheless, she believed that what happened in the village could not be by natural means. Hereupon the maid called me out of the room, I forgot what she wanted of me, but when I came back again my daughter was as red as scarlet, and the nobleman stood close before her. I therefore asked of her, as soon as he had ridden off, whether anything had happened, which she had first denied, but afterwards owned that he had said to her while I was gone that he knew but one person who could bewitch. And when she asked him who that person was, he caught hold of her hand and said, It is yourself, sweet maid, for you have thrown a spell upon my heart, as I feel right well. But that he had said nothing further, but only gazed on her face with eager eyes, and this it was that made her so red. But this is the way with maidens. They ever have their secrets if one's back is turned but for a minute, and the proverb, to drive a goose and watch a maid needs the devil himself to aid, is but too true, as will be shown hereafter. More's the pity. End of section 8 Narrated by Christopher Walters